0: cover story cover a story or attain that coveted story get it that is exactly what you want quoted as the expert the story headline the spin every week join us to talk about all things important to relating to the public your public Craft your image, promote your products, create expert status, become the buzz. Join us with the pros. PR 101, crisis management, media blitzing, it's all here on Cover Story. We're reserving a headline for you.
1: Hello, everyone. This is Brandi Shapiro-Babin. I am uber super excited today because even though our featured guest has a very, uh, Covert name. There is absolutely nothing covert about him. Uh, his name is Mike Smith. He's the CEO of Michael Smith Business Development out of Washington, D.C. And uh, his specialty is launching and marketing new products or technology. And he's helped over 60 technology companies with their go to marketing strategies. Three of those. I know everyone's ears are going to perk up, resulted in IPOs. He's also guided an additional 19 CEOs through mergers and acquisition strategies. Hasn't had a mental meltdown yet that we know of, which is awesome. Um, I mean, I can just go through this list of, I mean, he's worked with almost every major Fortune 500 company. True visionary um, and also one of his clients. I know you've seen him uh, majorly on the the. Uh, trade show circuit from a keynote perspective is Craig Newmark of Craig's List. Um, without further ado, welcome Mike Smith.
2: Hey, Brandy, thanks. I'm so glad to be with you on Webmaster Radio.
1: Yay. Me too. Me too. So, I mean, there's a horrible thing to say. You got a name like Mike Smith which is like in
2: Washington in in Washington
1: in Washington I mean did you just say when you were a kid you know what this is like the most covert name a person could have so I'm gonna get (laughs) out
2: there (laughs) that's the name I give you but uh in Washington who really knows uh you know it's uh it's funny that uh, you say that I've had a good uh local branding I guess in the Washington public affairs market and uh uh, one of my monikers on Twitter is Smitty PA because when I was in high school, I was on the track team and they called me Smitty. So that at least is a nickname I can go with. But the key to Mike Smith is that everyone in their lives has met a Mike Smith. They either had one that was their high school sweetheart or uh, somebody that was terrible to them in life. So, <laughs> I get lots of reaction.
1: Well, you know, I, I, well, my reaction is just really, really positive because you know, super nice guy. And let me ask you, I mean, how do you, how do you do it all? Right? I mean, you have, you, you are, I think the perfect uh, example of a true PR and marketing professional, and that you have the ability to take business concepts and apply them like to various industries, which is very, very difficult to do. Like, what was your first success? Like, how did you how did you start carving that out for yourself?
2: Well, one of the secrets to my success is big agency training. I've worked for three of the top ten PR firms in the world, Burson, Mars Marsteller, pretty much right out of college mm-hmm. in Chicago, and I did consumer there. And then Edelman, I was Vice President of Technology uh, in the late 90s, early 2000s, working with folks like Michael Deaver and the team uh, in in New York and Chicago. And uh, then Euro, RSCG, which is the largest agency in Europe and probably number eight here with their Magnet Communications Division. I was GM uh, of the Washington office and EVP for the public affairs practice worldwide. So for me, getting the training and being with big clients has really helped me translate to small and mid-sized tech practices on how to take them to market. And uh, I think that inside baseball and outside baseball, to use kind of a a term, is um, a way to go for those who are trying to get into the profession and trying to learn. I'm not sure the big agencies would be that happy to know that they've trained me well, and now I can go forth and prosper as an independent. <laughs> but that's kind of what happened. OPM. And when you work with clients, yeah. they're so happy you've had that big agency background. So uh, big agency life has been good to me, and uh, you know, uh, guys like Richard Edelman and, and folks like Mike Deaver who just passed, um, they're my mentors. They're the people that uh, gave me the legs to do what I do.
1: Which is exciting. How, what's the biggest difference between, you know, I mean, because that's, that's a huge world to diverse both, you know, to go from, you know, the big corporate, um, you know, agency, and then starting your own agency and really wrapping your head around what's the what was the biggest change for you?
2: Well, I'm pretty entrepreneurial, and I guess for me, I've had a a Washington experience that's pretty traditional in that I've uh, worked as well for a very large trade association, NAM, the National Association of Manufacturers, where I was a public affairs director. And I saw in the mid to late 90s that all of manufacturing was moving into technology. It was about clean rooms and about silicon chips and uh, Andy Grove and Intel Inside and Mm -hmm. and Gates. And so uh, we had Microsoft as a client at Edelman, for example, and Mm -hmm. we had... um, other tech companies, AT&T and others that were moving into uh, new realms of convergence between these different technologies. So I just got the tech fever, and uh, I went to Richard Edelman. He was sending me over to Europe to work on an assignment with a cable business that was doing the voice and the video and the data, kind of the triple play that your cable company offers you today. Mm. And uh, we were rolling that out across Europe, and he needed me to do that. And ultimately, that company asked me to join them as a senior VP uh, for that technology with United Pan-Europe Communications. And I said, Richard, I really want to go. And he said, well, Mike, I can see you have that internet stardust in your eyes. So I'm going to let you go <laughs> and, and take the client side and get your stock options, but you've got to make sure Edelman keeps the account. <laughs>
3: so hey, We had a very man. good
2: uh, handshake on that one, and he let me uh, go over to Europe and live there for about a year. And so I just got the entrepreneurial bug by working with startups and tech companies that were putting forth wonderful new products. Uh, I'm not trained as a technologist. I have a master's in journalism like many PR people. Uh, but I just like to see innovation and things that are really game-changing. There are so many more coming out now. And uh, you kind of get bit with the startup bug. It's a high-adrenaline world. It's a fast-paced world. Uh, And you want to help these companies succeed.
1: Which is, you know what? And that's, I mean, it's passion. It's wanting to help people succeed. And then I think, I mean, how much of you is able to take, like, best practices from a large corporate environment and be able to drill down and apply, like, and apply those to a startup and realize that, you know what? Big companies have massive budgets, but you can also do some really innovative things for very low dollars.
2: That is a really good question. And uh, thank you for asking. (laughs) Yeah, it's... uh, best practices and sort of marketing communications and taking that to the startup level, yes, you can do a whole lot of things through grassroots. And in public relations, which, as you know, is mostly earned media anyway, um, you can get better value, I think, for the client. So grassroots, uh, events, um, speaking, white papers, the kinds of things where your CEO is really contributing to the communication dialogue Mm -hmm. around a new technology or around a new marketplace. That's where I think the connections are made. And the CEO, if teachable, the CEO can see how uh, that big ad budget that was at the corporation may not be required to get out similar kinds of messages and results. And really having Craig as a client most recently, I've learned that social media and community is what it's all about anyway. So using social media and community properly allows you to get lots of public relations uh, without as large an investment on the front end.
1: Yay. Let's do this because I think that is so very important to talk about. Let's take a quick break and let's talk about, um, you know, community organizing and social media, a little bit about Craig, but let's mostly focus on you, Mike Smith. Deal. Awesome. We'll be right back with Cover Story. Stick around.
3: Cover Story. We'll be back after this short break. Welcome to Madame Natalia's. You've come to have your future told, no?
0: Yeah, you see, I'm looking for the right life insurance affiliate program, and I have. Say been- no more? Huh?
3: I see you're working with
0: AccuQuote. AccuQuote?
3: Yes, AccuQuote. They are the nation's premier life insurance brokerage. Go on. AccuQuote will create custom creatives for you to optimize your eCPM, and they will offer you the highest payout for this offer anywhere.
0: So when's all this going to happen? As soon as you visit AccuQuote.com. For life insurance, visit AccuQuote.com.
3: only basis, so you only pay for results. TopNicheNetworks.com has the answers that you've been seeking for making your business a success on a performance-only basis.
0: And that's a good thing, because my butt's falling asleep Welcome to Web College. We have Ken Jarina from and We've started to develop a new breed of websites that are really harnessing the technology we have behind our keyword research and our market research that allows us to really do extensive data mining of all the keywords and of course posting all that information and getting some great market research websites that have really great unique content. Live broadcast Thursdays at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific. we on demand anytime inside the search engine optimization channel. Only on WebmasterRadio.fm.
3: Commercials off. Now back to
0: Cover Story.
3: We're reserving a headline for you. Only on Webmaster Radio. FM. Here's your host.
1: Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Cover Story. This is Brandy Shapiro Babin, and I am joined. With Mike Smith, CEO of Michael Smith Business Development out of Washington, D.C. The man has infiltrated the entire Washington epicenter, as well as, you know, worked for the three top leaders um, for PR agencies in the world. Um, Uber sophisticated. I got to stop saying Uber. Extremely well versed when it comes to launching new technologies and helping give companies the perfect launching pad for them to go into um, whatever atmosphere, orbit sphere that they want, whether it be to grow their company, roll their company. Um, Welcome back,
2: Mike Smith. Well, thanks so much. Thanks so much. That was such a nice intro. (laughs) You talked a little bit beforehand about passion and uh, really having the passion for what we do. And, you know, I learned something on this presidential cycle that life is short and campaigns are even shorter. And I think that goes for PR campaigns and political campaigns. We know that uh, there's a, a beginning and an end to most of the work we do, and it's just fun to uh, to take things to fruition.
1: It's true. It's true. I mean, okay. So we were, we'll digress for a moment, and, and maybe this actually was a good time, because I know Obama actually did a really good job from a from a social media perspective. But um, what was you, What was like? What was your observation in regard to the candidates and and how they ran their campaign and employing like from a convergence standpoint?
2: You bet. Well, I was re- very involved with the Barack Obama for President campaign really from the beginning. Uh, I met him when he first came to Senate, and uh, he was good at social networking and community building and community organizing even then, capturing my name right away at a ball, an uh, inaugural ball, and uh, kind of communicating with me throughout his early Senate years. I went to an Obama messaging workshop, a boot camp last summer in New York City off of Fordham University's Law School. Mm -hmm. And we were taught there some of the Saul Alinsky community organizing tactics where you use uh, messages in a way that kind of refutes the opposition while still building your case. And the notion was to try to find the commonalities among groups of people and build larger groups and scale faster. So the fastest way for me to say this is it's not about the parishioner, it's about the preacher. The preacher knows 500 people. And so in every case, whether it's union organizing or neighborhoods and delivering wards or uh, develop, developing publics for your own mm-hmm. campaign, how you scale and how you touch people that are big networkers is how you get to vaster numbers. It's how you get to $150 million a month in fundraising off of the web, most of which was given in 200 and 300 and $500 increments to the candidate. So I learned a lot from the Obama campaign. I learned a lot about uh, Alinsky's tactics of uh, uh, creating a community base and moving from there. This election was delivered for Obama by people in Chicago like David Axelrod Mm -hmm. and uh, folks that do community-based work and are used to delivering precincts and delivering wards and delivering voters. So I was fortunate, Brandy, to work the Iowa caucus The Texas Primary and Caucus, which they call the Texas Two-Step, because there's (laughs) a primary and a caucus. And then all of the Virginia work here for Obama. I also did events with the candidate in Columbus, Ohio, which was a swing state. Detroit, where the auto industry is in a meltdown situation. Uh, A little bit of work in L.A. on environment and energy. And each week or each day, even, we had kind of the message of the day. We had the uh, Obama campaign slogan of the day that we went out with, just as PR people would. And my job was to do press and advance, strictly on a volunteer basis. I probably put about 1,000 hours into it over the 16 months. And uh, volunteer advance, meaning event management, kind of as we do in the PR business. Mm -hmm. So uh, we won Iowa, and suddenly things were different. In Iowa, we were lucky to get 2,000 college kids to come to an event. By the time I got to Texas a couple months later, we had 30,000 people in the reunion arena, with Emmett Smith from the Cowboys delivering yeah, the invocation. Yeah, I know Emmett. I
1: know Emmett. So let me ask you. And a then we what get to DC. Pivot? Just
2: lastly, we're in mm-hmm. Manassas, Virginia. The last night, mm-hmm. he just found out his grandma died. We had ninety thousand people at this Woodstock-like event, and there aren't even ninety thousand people that live in Manassas, Virginia. So talk about scaling from two or three thousand to thirty to ninety. But let's talk about the pivot
1: point, though, because I mean that's the intriguing part, right? So here, here comes this guy that basically nobody, nobody knows who he is. He doesn't have a ton of experience. Exactly. Okay. And now, you know, you're getting involved. Okay. So let's let's forget the fact that he's getting top tier people to donate their time for our future, which is fabulous. But what do you think, like, what were some of the pivot points that really enrolled people to march so strongly behind him?
2: You know, I think it was a sense of personal empowerment that you really felt you could make a difference. It became a movement. It became a political campaign that was truly personally uh, involving. And uh, in a way that you receive two-way communications from the campaign all the time, that your $50 really, really matters to me, that, you know, I need you uh, to come out to this event tonight, please. A lot of meetup stuff, a lot of Twitter stuff, a lot of use of social media to get out folks. And then a grassroots ground operation that was unparalleled in American politics. I myself drove a van and brought senior citizens from the seniors' home to come to the caucus in Iowa in zero degrees
1: that's
3: amazing. because
2: they needed to be there to stand up for Obama
1: Well, and, it's and these also ladies nice, in their 80s yeah.
2: were willing to do it
1: well and it's also nice you got them out of their own four walls too I mean that's right and allowed them to participate in something that they may not normally have been able to I mean that's a beautiful contribution
2: It really is, and they were willing to vote. They wanted their voices Mm -hmm. to be heard. So I think a lot of this participatory democracy or personal democracy is is different than what we've ever seen in our country. We've always had a representative democracy where we uh, usually um, elected a white man to come to Washington, one of 435 representatives Mm -hmm. or 100 senators, to represent our district or our views. With the Internet and social media, now everybody has a voice. They can represent their own views. And kind of do so in real time. And I think Obama tapped into that spirit, that need that each of us had for communicating and being Mm -hmm.
1: heard. And I agree. And, you know, it's very interesting because I think the theme of this year has as pseudo sort of been this transparency and and the fact that you can use social media to like everybody does have a voice. You know, and even to enroll people, like when at the beginning of of our conversation, you were saying, you know, it's great to go get you know a CEO polished and trained so he can get out there on the internet and start speaking to people or be you know different speaking engagements. Um, but don't you find now, especially with social media, the hook really is to let people evangelize your product, your service, whether it be your person or whether it be a you know a tangible a tangible product.
2: I think that's right, and I think. Um Transparency is the key, both in terms of the political agenda and in terms of the personal politics that people have. Uh, where are you coming from for real? And uh, allowing the CEO to, again, have direct contact or do, if they do a blog, they should be writing their own blog, not uh, having a handler do it, I guess. It needs right. to be in your own voice. Uh, as a PR professional, we need to encourage that. And in speech writing, make sure it's in the voice of the, uh, the practitioner. Person. Right. Um,
1: not like McCain. I think we're going
2: to have to borrow those skills, aren't we?
1: Yes, exactly. I mean, because I will not even get into the whole... We'll we'll, we'll step back. Brandy's going definitely get her own opinions about this past campaign. You no, know, I'll make this comment. You know what? I'm sorry, Mr. McCain. The next time you have people write your speeches, please read your speeches prior to getting on global TV and then looking into the camera incredulously as if you would not say those words. That's bad.
2: <laughs> Very good. Oh, my
1: God. Um... But so where do you see, I mean, because it's very interesting. I mean, do you find that um, what's the best way for a company who's trying to gain a voice for themselves to to start planting seeds in regard to, you know, social media and organizing, you know, from and, and doing some community organization
2: of their own? sure. And I think part of that goes to our uh, PR 101 is to identify who your publics are. Mm -hmm. They could be the general public and the consumer. They could be uh, customers. They could be shareholders. Uh, They could be uh, competitors or influentials, uh, analysts. There are a lot of publics that we're dealing with. But to be able to create some commentary and invite comment back, I think, is where social media is going. Uh, When you see strings, like on Huffington Post, I got to contribute to the Huffington Post off the bus column during the convention in Denver oh, you, you found a lot of interesting uh, back and forth between the respondents and really listening to your customer, listening to that community and then doing something about it and that's what I think I learned the most from uh, Craig Newmark this year is letting the community decide what they consider to be objectionable or okay uh, online in community and uh, be self-governing somewhat. Mm-hmm. And then if your customer or community is telling you something, you actually have to do something about it. You have to react and respond. Otherwise, I think people see it as just kind of window dressing.
1: Right. And thank, thank you so much for asking my, for my opinion and then not doing anything about it.
2: Uh, Of course, we know that people are writing uh, copy now more for SEO purposes, Mm -hmm. Uh, blog posts are getting more prevalent, uh, and linking back to your blog or to Mm -hmm. your company's site, sharing uh, links with your suppliers and people that are involved in your community, Mm -hmm. just getting more exposure. But one of the things I always tell people is that traditional media still drives the new media. So if I say on your radio program, go to www.michaelsmith.biz, that's a good thing because people listen to the radio and they're going to find out that that's my site. It's a .biz site, not a .com site. My best example is in New York City and Times Square. There's this huge billboard of a Cadillac uh, STS and it's Mm -hmm. beautiful and gold. And All it says on the bottom is cadillac.com. Uh, They want you to go to the site to kind of test drive and look it over and decide about going to the dealership. There's no brand promise other than the visual and the dot-com. So print, radio, TV, other media, uh, guerrilla, in-person, word of mouth, I think will all help drive those communities that you're looking for.
1: Yeah, which is very important. And be consistent in your branding, too. Like I hear you saying, like with Cadillac, instead of them sending over to STS to an extent, it's go over to Cadillac and see the you know, the, the, the total emporium of what we have to offer.
2: That's right, and, and God willing, that's going to be an okay thing to say while the three automakers are here in Washington this week pleading for bailout money, but anyway, <laughs> we hope Cadillac uh, continues, and one of the people that was a keynoter at the PRSA convention mm-hmm. this year, we were in Detroit, which is such an unusual place to be because the auto industry was in such tough straits this year, and uh, Bob Lutz came and spoke, and he's an industry leader, and he really talked about being honest with your customer and laying it out and and innovating better or creating new cars and, and um, systems, electronic or, sorry, um, ecologically friendly, mm-hmm. that are responsive. I think our auto industry listened too late to what the customer was telling them. And now they're perking up and they're saying, okay, we're going to make the Chevy Volt and this is a uh, an electric car. or We're doing the Prius, but we're going to kind of follow Toyota's lead. Um, anyway, so that sort of two-way communication that's somewhat intimate, but it's done on mass. We used to talk a lot about mass customization. How could you use the web tools to create mass customization? Same here. I think we're talking about mass personalization to the extent you can make it pertinent to your uh, social media audience.
1: I, You know what? I, that, I think, is such an amazing, I, very, very strong point. Because if people really pay attention to, you know, it's not about just getting you know, yourself heard on the internet. But it's also like you said, listening to what people are saying, listening to it in mass so you can extrapolate information that's going to help you drive your business forward in a more healthy manner.
2: You bet. Yay. Not to be partisan, we're going to flip back to Obama briefly. I just got a survey this morning. Tell us your story. Tell us what happened on the campaign trail that you love the most. And then there's questions like, is this your first time voting? Seventy two percent of first time voters went to Obama because he used the internet. And that's where kids and millennials are today. And you have to be playing on Facebook and Twitter and MySpace and YouTube in order to reach them. There's just no other way. Um, and then it said, you know, uh, this is this the first time you ever gave to a campaign or volunteered your time to a campaign? I'm thinking, why am I answering all these questions five minutes before Brandy calls me? You're so and, <laughs> because <laughs> you're I'm so intimidated by speaking I got, to me. They asked my opinion.
1: Well that's it. And and they wanted to hear your story. The first thing Right. I mean, it was it was brilliant. The first catch was tell us your story exactly. on the campaign trail. And then that makes you go, wow. And then the rest of it is just pretty much yes and no's. That's going to help. Survey, them.
2: Well, what are those mm-hmm. number two, three and four questions? They're basic survey research that they're going to use and maybe write a story out of and say, you know, nine out of 10 people giving to Obama mm-hmm. were first time givers. I mean, the, the question two, three and four are not particularly personal. They're just data but you're right. They hooked us on the first one.
1: The first one, they made it personal. They made it about you. And at the end of the day, what does everyone like to do? To talk about themselves. Then afterwards, you can go and fill in the other stuff. And maybe we're all hoping that, you know, you, you fill that out and maybe a Cadillac will show up at your door. You know, you blessed bet. by Obama. Let's do this. We need to take a quick break. And, um, oh, my goodness, I'm really enjoying this conversation. I don't want to let you go. Ugh. All right. Quick break. We'll be right back with Mike Smith. Stick around. Stick
3: around cover story. We'll be back after this short break. from the professionals at Bruce Clay Incorporated. For over 10 years, offices worldwide, they've got answers you need. Check them out today at BruceClay.com. Bruce Clay
0: Incorporated.
3: LocalPages.com, bringing your neighborhood to you.
0: From Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Webmasterradio.fm.
1: A service of new gen
3: broadcasting. We're everywhere.
0: SEOseq.com is your one stop site for everything SEO. From search engine marketing to pay per click management, SEOseq.com delivers high quality SEO services at affordable prices. SEOseq.com can help you with SEO analysis, monthly reports, title and meta tag optimization, email support, and so much more. Want to keep your SEO in-house? Let our professional trainers teach SEO to your staff. Get a free quote and a free competitive analysis today at seoseek.com. Market Edge with Larry Weber, Tuesdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific, and on demand inside the Internet Marketing Channel, only on webmasterradio.fm.
3: Commercials off. Now back to Cover Story. We're reserving a headline for you only on webmasterradio.fm. Here's your host.
1: Hello, everyone. This is Brandy Shapiro-Babin, reluctantly, because I'm just getting into this thing, uh, winding into our third and final segment uh, with our very fabulous featured guest, Michael Smith, who is the CEO of um, Michael Smith Business Development out of Washington, D.C. The man has done everything. Everything in regard to the marketing and public relations world. I think um, we're going to call him Atlas. So,
2: well, I've been in the business twenty-seven years. I'm almost fifty now, and uh, as I mentioned, three of the top ten PR firms, uh, NAM, one of the largest trade associations. I also did some crisis work for Dow Chemical earlier <laughs> in my career, yeah. big corporation, mm-hmm. and. Uh, have had a lot of fun experiences. Everything's sort of unfolded in a way that's serendipity to me. I couldn't have planned a career path like I had, but I'm so joyous that I I got to have the one I did. And so much of the underpinning of what you and I both seem to have, Brandy, is passion about what we do, passion about communicating. And that's what I'd like to share with the audience, is you really have to do what you love and the rest will follow, to quote the old book. And uh, another book that I read this past year, um, and it's uh, quasi-religious but doesn't mean to be, it's A Purpose-Driven Life, or What Am I on Earth For? It's by Rick Warren, the guy that ended up interviewing McCain and Obama for ethics. And uh, he's a big church guy out in uh, Orange County. So, you know, what I found in doing the exercises in that book was if you don't marry your passion to your career and profession, we do mm-hmm. so much work, and we're at work so much during our day. Like 80% of our time. not work. Go ahead.
1: No, no, I agree with you. I think something like, and this is something we always get up and and expound on, is you spend, like, I mean, if you're dedicated, you spend about 80% of your time at work, so you have to love what you do. There needs to be a healthy balance. Like, there needs to be a time, which I don't do very well, where you say, okay, I'm not working, I'm, I'm cooking, right? I'm going yeah. to the beach. I'm, you know, um, unfortunately. Yeah, I bet you're
2: cooking with your PDA on your hip, though. That's the problem. You've got to just cook. Oh, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, oh, yeah please. I mean, exactly. I get the fastest <laughs> thumbs, you know, this side of the Mason Dixon, I'm sure. Um, That's right. but, but it's true. You know, you, do, you, need, you need to love what you do because if you love, I think, passion, passion is um, contagious.
2: And I grew up here in Washington in the 70s and kind of during the Watergate years and went to journalism school to be a journalist, a crusading investigative reporter. And then in grad school, I found out there was something called PR and Marcom and advertising. And that's the track I took. But I still like to teach at my journalism school. I teach speech writing and crisis comms and a few other things at Northwestern. And that keeps me in the game and keeps me young. And if I didn't have young account soups and account execs, I wouldn't know as much about Twitter. I took a class on how to Twitter. You did. Cause I am almost fifty. And I never did oh, learn. Whatever.
1: Kind of, what is this? I'm almost fifty. Dead at nineteen. Alive at ninety nine.
2: The, the fifty is the new thirty. That's what they're saying. But it but, is. Uh, nonetheless, I'm feeling very nostalgic talking to you because we've had other conversations before, and uh, what I make you feel old. We're in some amazing Thanks. times right now, too. <laughs>
1: Hey, listen, I closed down Rain in the Desert in the, at the Palms Hotel last week. I'm feeling Not very yet. young right now. As a matter of fact, you know who was the uh, the platinum sponsor? It was Microsoft.
2: Isn't that cool? Well, they're smart to put their logo against that kind of a show.
1: It was, uh, it was but really
2: But no, I, I went to Tom Petty this year. and Of course, he's been around <laughs> forever. But uh, I, I like going to rock concerts. I like having young people around me. And I like learning about how these new technologies deliver. Even at the PRSA show, um, You could go to the booth and you could really see the new stuff. Of course, Vocus is one of the leaders here. Mm -hmm. Uh, Many of the ads I've just heard on our breaks are people that are so smart about SEO and SEO search. And then you've got DNA uh, 13 coming along with an enterprise-wide product. You've got uh, Radian 6, which I think Cision just rolled up into their package Mm -hmm. for search engine measurement. Uh, I've just done a blog seminar on how to measure the blog world and how to measure social media, which is increasingly difficult for us as practitioners to say, hey CEO, we got you out in the blog world. And many of them are clueless. So what does that mean you got me in the blog world? Uh, I had a friend in the measurement business, uh, like one of your sponsors, who said, you know, total ad value equivalencies is no longer a germane measurement. You can't measure based on ad rates you would have paid had you bought a full page. And that's so old school. And I'm thinking, oh my God, you know, total equivalency value is no longer good. <laughs> so.
3: Being an old school
2: guy, I got to learn what the the kids today are talking about.
1: Well, first of all, I think, personally, and I, you know, my my producer's going to start slapping me with a trout, but it's true, like, you know, good for you that you're always keeping your finger on the pulse, but I think that that's you regardless. And I think that has to do with a lot of your success. So people listening, right, even though, you know, Mike's being humble and going, oh, hey, you know, I talk to the young people, the young, right? <laughs> you know, <laughs> you, you, you need to know where to go to get the information. And, you know, that's I think that's like a really important message. Is, is yep. to, to know how to do proper research, to know how to keep on top of trends, to understand. And and I do agree with you, you know, like, in regard to, um, I mean, the lines are so becoming blurred today between advertising, marketing, and, and public relations. You know, yep. that...
2: You know, and they have to work together. They have to work in mm-hmm. tandem. And so you can't have the silos anymore of the ad department, the PR department, or even in our case, the government relations lobbying department, which never spoke to the PR department because right. they were worried we were going to leak everything right. and put out a press release. <laughs> right. and so, you know, But I like the notion that a Rolodex still means something, that I can pick up the phone and call uh, you know, Stuart Elliott at the New York mm-hmm. Times, or Versus I have relationships yeah. built over a, a long period of time. And One time I went into a a Capitol Hill newspaper, and they asked me, uh, you know, I asked for the editor-publisher. We were doing an editorial board meeting, and uh, they they said, well, how did you find us? And I pulled out of my pocket the masthead that I'd ripped out of the newspaper itself. (laughs) You have to read the damn paper. You have to read the magazine in order to go in on these media tours. You have to know their content and who's writing. Or on the blogosphere, you have to know who is behind those posts. And that way you can relate. And the number one sin in PR is to go into an interview or a roundtable discussion not having read the actual journal. But anyway, I pulled out this torn-out sheet of paper from the side masthead, and I said, here's my contact management software. <laughs> Everybody in that list was current, everybody's email was current, mm-hmm. and the phone numbers all worked. so sometimes you know just getting to the point quickly before logging in and just grabbing that copy of the newspaper before the interview uh, is also valid
1: no i and I agree with you look, nothing is going to ever you know i, I believe take place you know you, you mentioned you know Stuart Elliott at The Wall Street Journal or I mean the New York Times or the wall street journal i mean these are these these are still your Bible you know these are still your business bibles.
2: Um, and both are making money. Both are going to stay around, even during this kind of consolidation we're having between print and online. Uh, the New York Times Sunday edition is still two and a half inches thick, you know?
1: Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. And one of my very favorite people is Marshall Simmons, <laughs> chief strategist yeah. over there. But, um, you know, but yes. I mean, so there's certain things that aren't going to replace it. I agree with you. You know, absolutely, people, I think, you know, Mike's making fabulous points. Always know who it is that you're reaching out to before you ask them for something. Because the worst kind of, um, I think, you know, asking someone for something and it's not their style or, or you're not understanding what it is that they do is a slap in their face and you're going to close a door.
2: <laughs> you know, it's weird. Now we're going to sound like, uh, hey, you kids, get off my lawn. But uh, what we're also saying is that uh, I really ask my account execs to pick up the phone and have a conversation. They're so darn good at just kind of um, using uh, databases and using contact management and creating CRM packages. And you, we have all the tools. We, mm-hmm. we are good customers of all the major companies out there <laughs> uh, that provide these services to the PR profession. We spend more money on the technology than we do on anything else, almost including labor every year, wow. but uh, you know, pick up the phone, call them up, they have a voice, you don't have to just do the email thing, um, and I think that has to go in tandem. On the blogosphere and the SEO piece and getting more attention, uh, great question, I think it's still an evolving field, I think we're not sure yet uh, what it all leads to, um, personal blogs and kind of a personal brand I think is important for a PR professional, mm-hmm. and not a bad idea for us to all be blogging and to all have some kind of voice. Generally, what we have in common is we're great communicators, we're extroverted, but we're also service-oriented. We believe in serving others and and making others uh, become uh, well-known and their words become actionable. And I changed the name of my business to Michael Smith Business Development because, in the end, most of my clients really want sales. They want leads. Uh, PR for PR's sake, or just to get my name in the paper, is in this economy just no way you have to be driving some kind of outcome uh, decision or uh, Mm -hmm. uh, hopefully a good
1: no no well well said and and putting it putting it in your name so people look at it and it's intuitive I think is I think is smart and you know it's interesting because we actually had a, a big conversation in the office here where you know I would say a lot of the people that we do business with tend to be probably 15 under and the conversation was it was sort of um, I'm not going to say, I was going to say it was the youngins versus the old ones. But, um, you know, people were saying, oh, you know, it's better to send out emails versus calling someone. And, you know, we we had a serious conversation where how many times you send out an email and you don't get a response. But if you pick up the phone and you call someone, nine out of ten times, unless someone says, I absolutely do not want to be contacted this way, you get a lot more done. You make a personal connection. Now when someone's made a personal connection with you, they're more apt to do business with you than someone else or at least prioritize you a little bit better. And you're able to spend the time to be able to analyze what everyone's needs are so that you can hopefully, you know, under-promise and over-deliver, if not yet promise and deliver.
2: Perfectly said. That's exactly my sentiment. And it's harder for people to say no when they hear the passion in your voice and that you really believe in that company or that product or that person. Anyway, I know there's citizen journalists today, and we have to deal with citizen journalists and make sure they're accurate and make sure their stuff is uh, well presented and help them write their stories. I believe there's going to be citizen PR people.
3: Oh, absolutely. So that, you, you know, it's so beyond funny. Beyond what I, we
2: do as practitioners, there's going to be Joe Citizen who has an opinion about how something should be presented.
1: Oh, I, I agree. All right. You know what? We're getting – right. I'm getting kicked off the air. I'm still so getting kicked off the air. We need to continue this conversation. It's so funny because I was staying away from the whole citizen journalism conversation. Um, but it's a very important one to have. Mike Smith. All right. Now we're 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 in the water together. We're having this conversation, but the conversation I think has barely begun. Would you come back, please?
2: I would love to come back and who knows, maybe you and I'll just pick up the phone and call each other. How's that? And oh have a conversation. Let's, Thanks, Brandy. You know
1: what? I'm going to get off this radio show and I'm going to pick up the phone and I'm going to call you. So hopefully you'll be on the other end.
2: <laughs> well done.
1: You've been fabulous. For those of you in the know, you already know to go over to uh, Michael Smith. Business development. Wait, let me get this right. Oh my goodness. MichaelSmith.biz. Um, and, and do some work with a man if you're not already working with him. My goodness. Um, you know, from, from your own personal persona, for a, a, a company, you know, to give your company a boost, make more sales, um, product launches, IPOs. Mike is your go to guy. Um, we'll be back next week, everyone, with Cover Story. Thanks for tuning in.